0: أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صل الله تبارك وتعالى who is على سيدنا محمد سيدنا one who is the one الله عليه وعلى wa the one who is the one who is wa one wa the one who is Insha'Allah to invoke Molvi privilege and digress from the topic slightly before starting uh, today's reading. It's from the uh, Rasail of Maulana Ahmad Ali Lahori. Ta'ala. If I got a chance, Inshallah, I, I, I would be happy to discuss something about his life. Maybe we can do that one of the nights before we, we leave. Um, many people I guess in the subcontinent are familiar with him Maybe outside the subcontinent they wouldn't be But they're familiar with his uh, most famous disciple uh, Moana, Sayyid Abul Hassan Ali al-Nadwi Allah ta'ala, Who's actually I think been to Chicago before At least once um, He actually spoke at Isna one time Like way back in the day It was a very different Isna back in those days MashaAllah um, But at any rate uh, He mentioned a story which is actually quite common amongst the old Mashai, that uh, uh, he was once invited to a, a gathering uh, and there was food served and everybody ate and he didn't eat. And then later, after the uh, gathering was uh, completed, he asked the host, he said, who, who prepared the food? He said, who prepared the food? And uh, um, he said, well, it was the, uh, you know, the, the so-and-so Khadim in the house. He said, I'm not asking about him. Who else prepared the food? And he said, uh, the, only person, the only person who helped was my daughter-in-law, who made the dough balls that were to be turned into the roti, that, that's the bread that's served with the food. Uh, he said, does she pray? and uh, uh, and the, the host he said no she doesn't pray uh, and so he said that uh, it's not really something appropriate that we should be serving and from then on whenever he would go to uh, that uh, person's house the gathering at that person's house he would make his own bread of course legally this is not an issue legally it's halal to eat something as long as you're not eating pork or whatever You know, it's halal to eat but the issue is this is that he mentioned this story, and the, the, the context of mentioning it was what? Was that worldly people, they think that most people are sighted. They have sight. They have vision. Okay. Most people have vision, and a few people are, are blind. He said, but it, what it seems to me is that most people are blind, only a few people have vision. And again, this is not talking about a legal ruling. The Sharia is very clear about what's halal and what's haram. This doesn't violate that that circle. But there are some people who have some sort of knowledge about what will look which way and what will feel which way and what will give what result in the Day of Judgment. And so they have a sensitivity toward that. And that's the purpose of this gathering. Otherwise, there are other masajid. People ask me, is there more reward in praying Isha over here or praying in the masjid? I'll tell them it's more reward in the masjid. And that's the purpose of reading these books as what well, is to open the eye toward these things. The purpose of a per, you know having this gathering is to open a person's eyes to these things. Because in some sense, if you're praying in the masjid, but you are still, are still blind to it, because you can, you're not only blind to bad things, you can be blind to good things as well then there is some sort of problem that's happening. This is one of the reasons we mentioned certain things that are common practices amongst the masajid or common practices amongst the Muslims in America or in conferences or in gatherings or groups or certain types of preachers. The point is not to hack them down and to say bad about them. At the end of the day, Allah Ta'ala gave them La Ilaha Illallah, they're Muslims. We expect that these people will be in Jannah forever one day. All of them, inshallah. By Allah's Favour, all of them. Amin. The purpose is not to hack them down, is that what there's some points that are getting missed that people actually suffer because they miss those points. To highlight what those are, to learn. Because at some point or another, this knowledge is one of the fara'id, one of the obligations uh, to the ummah and on the ummah to preserve. And when people lose these things, it opens the doors to a lot of other troubles and a lot of other difficulties, which we see, unfortunately, our community is going through locally and that the ummah is going through uh, around the world. Uh, uh, otherwise in the context of in this risala mentioning that it seems to me, he says most people think that most people are sighted, but it seems a few are blind, but it seems to me that most people are blind and just a few are sighted that this is the the very problem that people see in the prayer mats that we sit on they see a a, a type of uh, tedium and they see a type of Uh, uh, poverty and bad uh, condition and they see in other cars and other houses and in flashing lights and neon uh, lights and decorated uh, uh, gatherings and you know good food and uh, wealth and riches they see a type of attraction and a type of uh, of uh, of energy and charisma that draws them whereas the person who their eye opens to these things he will see in every thread that a person makes sajda on in a place. The fact that somebody prayed here, that you prayed here right now, it means that in the, every thread of the carpet, there's nur. Even if the thread is broken or is the, the weave of the carpet is bare, there's nur inside of it. And there's nur that rains on that place. And the more the people say their prayers, the more the people say their salat, the more the people hear the Qur'an, the more the people say ameen to the du'as, the more that the divine name is taken. Right? We read in the talawi tonight, uh, uh, الله الذين آمنوا بالقول الثابت في الحياة الدنيا وفي الآخرة that Allah Ta'ala makes firm the people who believe with a firm word in the life of this world and in the hereafter. The firm world in the life of this world is La ilaha illallah. And the firm word, word in the akhirah is what? Is that when a person enters into their grave, that when the questioners ask them, who is your رب؟ and what is your deen? And what do you say about this person, sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, That the person is steadfast and answers correctly. Uh, that all of these things have so much nur and so much value. The thing is this, if the eye is closed, the person doesn't see the value in it. And so this is the reason that we, you know, we mentioned the the, the verse from uh, the Masnavi Mawlana Rumi the other day, that close the eyes and close the ears and close the mouth afterward, if you don't start to see the, the, the secret or the mystery or the light of the truth, then you can laugh at us and say all these things we're talking about are all a joke. There's no no point to them, which is why, as uh, you know, I mentioned about the thing about the counting Baizul Qarnin, you know, it's not necessarily that I'm so excited the kids are here and they're praying because the fact that a child is praying is already puts them in the 99th percentile. But I want them to one day go the entire, traverse the entire distance, plant the flag in the homeland. And then afterward, they will carry the work on after us. That there's something that, that to be said about being able to go from the beginning into the, to the end in silence. So that all of the things that affect the heart from the tongue and from the ears and from the eyes, that's why we shut the lights off. That's why the Rasul ﷺ used to pray in the dark at nighttime. Uh, that when we shut these inputs off, then we allow ourselves to hear something else. And so that that eye that was blind, it's not an eye, right? The eyes, we all see, right? Even a kafir sees but on the day of judgment, you know, so he'll say that when Allah Ta'ala raises them up blind, why, my Lord, why did you raise me up and resurrect me blind while I was sighted in this world? And the fact is, were they sighted in the world? No. Allah Ta'ala tells them so much in that number of words that actually you were blind when you were alive actually you were saying you had vision you were you didn't have vision is just like our signs used to come to you and you completely ignored them to this day just like that this day you will be ignored like you were blind before you're blind uh, uh, now and in another place in the Quran Allah Ta'ala actually says that uh, that those he actually describes those people in other places I should say as being blind so that's the point of this is exercise why there's some in it, inshallah uh, otherwise, mashallah, there are many masajids that have much better uh, 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 arrangements for uh, a, a gathering like this. And but a lot of them, they don't, they don't discuss or they don't acknowledge this reality. Although there are many that do as well. Not to, not to, uh, uh, you know, overstep uh, my bound in that. But the point is, is that this is a, the the kind of the, the focus of this gathering. So with that, we uh, read. Uh, 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 Kashf al-mahjub, the discourse on the nature of hawa, of of, hawa, of passion. Hawa means what? It means like air, right? But here it means passion. It's one of the number of synonyms in the Arabic language for love. But Arabic has a number of language, uh, Arabic language has a number of words for love, each of which denotes some sort of different aspect of love. So hawa is that thing that completely takes you away, and it completely uh, takes you out of any mode of rationality or uh, any rational thinking. And in general, uh, it's a it's it's it denotes a love that completely takes a person's senses away, not always in a good way. Uh, and in the terminology of the Sufis, the word Hawa is not used in a praiseworthy in a, a praiseworthy sense. That it's the thing that your uh, nafs desires that is frivolous. It, it doesn't actually end up bearing any benefit or fruit, or it's not something that's good for you. It's not uh, something that's good for you. Imagine a person falls in love with, like, an electrical transformer and says, no, I love you, and then my <laughs> only one desire is to hold you in my embrace, and then, you know, 100,000 volts go through, and you're a smoldering pile of ashes. You know, it, 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 no one's saying it wasn't true love. It probably was, but it didn't end well. So that's, that's what we're talking about when we talk about Hawa, the passion of the nafs. You must know that according to the opinion of some, uh, passion is a term uh, applied to the attributes of the nafs. But according to others, it's a term uh, denoting the natural volition, uh, whereby the nafs is controlled and directed just as the spirit is controlled by the intelligence. The ruh is controlled by intelligence and the nafs is controlled by hawa. Every... uh, uh, Ruh, that is, devoid of the faculty of intelligence, is imperfect. And similarly, every nafs that is devoid of the faculty of passion is also imperfect. Man is continuously being called by intelligence and passion in contrary ways. If he obeys the call of intelligence, he attains faith. And if he obeys the call of passion, he arrives at error and infidelity, meaning kufr. Therefore, passion is a veil and a false guide, and man is commanded to resist it. Passion is of two kinds. One, the desire of pleasure and lust, and two, the desire of worldly honor and authority. This is important, this bifurcation, because the first we generally associate with impious people, but the second one is completely like pious people are drenched in it. Many people are like, many people will say, oh, look, you know, religious people are hypocrites, and religious people are like this, People, religious people are like that. It's the second quality that's deep in people who look religious that, that actually is troublesome. And uh, it will cause people problem on the day of judgment, and it's not actually a sign of being, uh, uh, you know, a person who's muta in in Allah. He who follows pleasure and lust haunts taverns, and mankind are safe from his mischief. If someone's a drunk. Nobody's gonna say, "Hey, you know, like, what's your opinion about how how are we supposed to solve like world hunger or whatever?" So you're you're an alcoholic. Like, just go go to sleep. Go away. He who follows pleasure and lust haunts taverns, and mankind is, uh, you know, safe from his mischief. But he who honors, uh, he who desires honor and authority, uh, uh, may live even in his uh, cell where he devotes himself to worship, and in his monastery, and has not only lost away himself, but also leads other into others into error. This is this is a problem. You remember when I was subbed in IFS? I remember I told the eighth grade class that like coveting leadership is haram, just like as haram is you know eating a ham sandwich. Everyone freaked out. All all the kids freaked. Out. No, but what if I want to have a million dollars and become president so I can help the ummah, I'm like you can help the ummah anyway. You don't need those things. You know, it's the same thing. Like, what do you want to become? I want to become a doctor. Why? Because I want to help people. Just suck it up and say, I want money, bro. Like, you know, like, that's the thing, right? I wanted money, and that's why I became a doctor. There are, every now and again, I myself am astonished when I see it. There are, after every thousand doctors, one I see that actually does want to help people. It exists. So I'm not, if it's you, don't get triggered, I'm not talking about you. Usually people like that are not easily triggered anyway, right? But uh, 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 this is this is, this is is the problem, is that like, you know, when that person is in the Soma, when that person is leading the Salat, and is... Uh, giving the speeches and is this is a sign that that uh, a lot of trouble is about to happen. It's a sign that a lot of trouble is about to happen, and it's a very dangerous, uh, a very dangerous situation that uh, Allah Taala tests the ummah in because there's a really high chance of things going sideways at that point. One who acts, uh, one whose every act depends on passion, and who finds satisfaction in following it, is far from God, although he may be in a masjid. Uh, but one who has renounced and abandoned it is near God. Even though he may be in a church, this is uh, not to be conflated with perennialism. He's saying that f- that the believer, even if he's sitting in a church, that, that, that's going to be his case. Meaning, the church is a place where shirk happens. A person who remembers Allah Ta'ala, even in that place, that person Allah is with them. It's not to be conflated. People deliberately misinterpret these things to serve their own weird-like purposes. That's not what he's trying to say. And it's very clear from the context of the rest of the book that that's not what he's trying to say. Ibrahim al Khawas relates the anecdote. Once I heard that in Rum, Rum is Anatolia, he says, Once I heard in Rum there was a monk who had been 70 years in a monastery. I said to myself, Wonderful, uh, 40 years uh, in the term of monastic vows. What is the state of this man that he re- remained there for 70 years? I mean, the person cut off from the entire dunya. He was a Christian, but he cut off from the entire dunya. This has an effect on this spirit. You know, you can be a kafir and still be spiritual and being spiritual is not always a good thing. Some very evil people are very spiritual people and their spirituality they cultivate is very powerful. It's just evil. So anyway, he's he's astonished at this man who was able to keep his vows for 70 years in a monastery. Uh, I went to go see him. When I approached, he opened a window and said to me, O oh, Ibrahim, I know why you have come. I have not stayed here uh, for 70 years because of my monastic vows. But I have a dog foul with passion, with hawa, and I've taken my uh, abode in this monastery for the purpose of guarding the dog. Uh, sagabani, sag is the word in Persian for for uh, for for dog. He says to, for the purpose of guarding this dog and preventing it from doing harm to others. On hearing them this, on hearing him say this, I exclaimed, "O oh my Lord, you're able to bestow righteousness on a man, even though he be involved in sheer error." The guy's a kafir, but look at, mashallah, how much concern this man has with righteous conduct. He said to me, O Ibrahim, how long will you seek men? Go and seek yourself, and when you have found yourself, keep watch over yourself. For this passion uh, clothes itself every day in 360 diverse garments of Godhead and leads men astray. So this is what his his intuition uh, that he, he he was given uh, through this experience, that he, was, he, he felt that he has to go and seek himself. And keep guard over himself from the example of this uh, monk. Why? Because he says that the the passions of a man takes 360 different disguises. Why is the word number 360 used here? It's the days of the year, and secondly, is the number of idols that were in the Kaaba when the Prophet sallallahu alaihi cleansed it. Exactly. Right? The Kaaba is the place where you go to worship Allah. But the 360 idols are the decoys that a person goes to the house of Allah ta'ala, and then they get. Again, it, the whole thing goes sideways at the last moment. He said that the nafs has 360 uh, different guises of passion, that it closes itself in every day, uh, and uh, it leads men astray. In short, the devil cannot enter a man's heart until he commits a sin, or he commits to make it, to sinning. But when a certain quantity of passion appears, the devil takes it and decks it out and displays it in the man's heart. And this uh, is called diabolical suggestion. This is what waswasa is. This is another reason why people say don't watch TV. So is it haram? Look, I'm just watching the news. I'm just doing this. I'm just doing that. Put your phone away. Is it haram? I'm just going to put away Facebook, put away social media. What is it? When there's a certain amount of a critical mass of uh, uh, of suggestion, what happens the heart starts to incline towards something. The shaitan senses that the heart is inclining towards something. That's where the weak spot is. That's where he's going to attack. He's not going to attack all... All, you know, the entire heart equally at every place. He's going to bring his force down to bear at the opponent's weakest point. If you ever fight a war, that's how you should prosecute your war against your enemies as well. Trust me, they do that against you. Uh, so that's where the, the, the diabolical suggestion that waswas was going to come from. It begins from passion in reference to this fact God says to Ablis when he threatened to seduce all of mankind, Verily, you have no power over my servants. For the devil is really, it, uh, the devil is really in a man's lower soul and passion. Hence, the Prophet ﷺ said, "There is no one whom his devil uh, has not subdued, except for Omar, for he has subdued his devil." Meaning what? He controlled his passion. Passion is mingled as an ingredient in the clay of Adam, salam, our father. Whoever renounces it becomes a prince, and whoever becomes, uh, whoever follows it becomes its slave. Junaid was asked, "O Taala." What does it mean to reach God? He said, it is to renounce one's passion. For all acts of devotion by which God's favor is sought, none has greater value than the resistance to passion because it is easier for a man to destroy a mountain with his own nails than to resist passion. Again, Islamic school, IFS and CPSA and Universal are not going to give you a a, a plaque or a a trophy for this. You're not going to be like the... The, you know, the best, whatever. No one's going to care if you do this or not. And it's so difficult. And people look at it and they say, there's so much difficulty for so little return. It's a waste of my time. Let's just go with the flow. Rather, what is he saying? He says, if you believe, you know, if you laugh at them, if you say this is all a joke, that's fine. It's a separate issue. But if you believe that this, uh, you know, these people have something of benefit to learn from, then what is he saying? He says that Allah loves nothing more than what? That a person should resist us. Uh, passion. Some of the stories in the book I won't even read over here They're so like, just don't try this at home type of things About people resisting their own passion Same thing, the story of Surah Yusuf, right? Ham is one of the words for love so, lawla rabbihi. That she was taken with him She was completely swept up and enthralled and, and, and with him And he was also in love with her Meaning like, we, it's not like she's like, oh, like this woman's nasty or what. No. He was also in love with her. If he would have been in love with her, I should say, was it not that he was shown the burhan, the proof of his Lord? Right, The burhan is like the, the ultimate, the decisive proof. It's like one level higher than hijjah, right? So the burhan of Allah Ta'ala in the tafsir of the Qur'an, what is it? That Allah Ta'ala in, his, in that room showed Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam the timthal of his father, Sayyidina Ya'qub alayhi salam who's a nabi. Telling him, like, what, are you going to go with this woman? Like, are you going to, like, do this with this woman right now? And so that, the, the resistance, the passion is what? It's the path of the MBI alayhi It's not just, you know, like, kind of like Sufi babble. That we say, oh, it's all a waste of time. This is nonsense. This is unproductive. This is this, this is that. This is the other thing. No one will give you, you know, a reward for it. Sometimes the, the, the struggle will be very bitter. Sometimes it will be very bitter. It will be something so stupid or some so simple that you struggle against yourself. But what does he say? He says that why? Because the passion, a person for a person to resist his passion is harder for them to claw an entire mountain uh, with his own nails. I've read in the anecdotes that dhun al Ta'ala said, I saw a man flying through the air. You can take it with a grain of salt if you want to. He said, I saw a man flying through the air and asked him how he attained this degree. Uh, he answered, I set my feet on passion, on Hawa." that I might ascend into the uh, air, hawa, play on words. It is related that Muhammad bin Fadl al-Balqi, ta'ala, said, I marvel at one who goes with his passion into the house of Allah ta'ala and visits him. Why does he not uh, uh, trample on his passion that he may attain him? Meaning what? The physical proximity, uh, what he seeks in physical proximity, he may not attain. But uh, uh, that thing that he uh, seeks uh, through the proximity of his heart, uh, he'll attain to it. Inshallah, mashaAllah, there's a number of other useful things that he, he mentions, but because we added the darj in the front of the darj, it's going to end up becoming too long for, uh, to finish this chapter. So, inshallah, we'll call it a day here.